I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and you're listening to Fifth Emission. The science around what we know about the coronavirus, it keeps getting better. And at least a small part of that is due to the autopsy on a Bay Area woman who is now the first confirmed U.S. fatality of the virus. The Chronicle obtained those autopsy results this weekend and found a startling conclusion. The woman died, essentially, of a ruptured heart. Joining me to talk about what that means, why it's important, and what it might mean for potential treatments is Aaron Alday. Aaron, this is such a, a morbid way to start off this conversation, but um, this weekend you spent a lot of it reading some autopsy findings uh, to to enhance your understanding of what's happening with the coronavirus in people's organs. And and what did what is your takeaway based on based on that? Well, there's already been a lot of reports um, coming out about this uh, COVID-19 that it affects the body beyond just the lungs. So it's a respiratory illness, um, but increasingly we're seeing that it can affect and it can affect the heart, uh, the intestines, the kidneys. I mean, the brain even. Um, it causes a lot of damage outside of just um, just the lungs. And so what we saw in these autopsy reports. Um, especially in the first now reported death in the United States, which of course was just um, revealed last week. Um, This woman died February 6th in Santa Clara County. And her case at the time was kind of deemed suspicious, but there wasn't the testing available to, to diagnose and find out if, if the coronavirus was, you know, played a role in her death. So uh, the, the County of course held onto some samples from her and then eventually um, sent them to the CDC for testing and and got the results results back last week. So we read over her autopsy report over the weekend, um, and one of the things that was in there is that they found the virus in her heart, um, and in her lungs, and also in her intestines. Um, and her the cause of death was a massive heart attack, um, which actually her heart ruptured essentially. Um, so the thinking is that the virus you know got into her heart, and there was such you know, widespread, um, massive inflammation from it that her heart, uh, you know, exploded. Um, it just that the muscle grew so weakened that it, that it blew up. Um, and that was what caused her to die. And she died, um, you know, at home. Um, I believe, you know, she'd just been sick for a few days and it was very sudden and she was, you know, previously a, a healthy, you know, 50 something woman that didn't have any other preexisting health, health conditions did not have, um, any known heart issues. So it was, you know, that was, I'm sure a lot of the reason why they were suspicious of it at the time, but, you know, she's just, unfortunately, a really sad example of the damage that this virus can, can play in the body besides just hurting the lungs. Well, and I, whenever we have a very specific person like this, that, uh, is not a public figure who, who, comes up in a reporting like this, I just think it's tremendous for the family to also know that um, as tragic as her loss is, it's clear that she's helping us understand um, post in death, helping us to understand this virus a little bit better. Just over the last few months, we've learned so much more about this. And it seems to me that you know what what was at one point something that people were saying didn't really affect younger adults it clearly does just maybe not in the same way that it affects older people is that 
where we're what we're concluding. Now? I don't know that that's what we're concluding, and I don't know. I'll I'll start with the caveat, which I think is we don't know that it's having a different effect in younger people than in older people. But but what you but your point is is really important, which is we're definitely seeing a lot of evidence in the United States that this is affecting younger and middle aged people, um, not at the same numbers and the same rate as it affects older people. Older people are still definitely more at risk, but we're seeing very serious illness and deaths in younger people, which is not something that we'd really seen in other countries. It was not something that people expected. It's not really something that we see with the flu. Um, you know, I wrote a story just last week about people being, you know, hospitalized and in intensive care um, at Kaiser with, uh, with COVID-19. And, you know, just for the raw numbers, there were just as many people that were in young and middle-aged who were hospitalized as there were, um, you know, 60 and up. So again, you know, the the older people are are definitely at higher risk, but yeah, it's it's spread across all ages. Um, and you know, again, going back to this case, which I think you're you're right to point out that um, as awful as it is that that she, you know, these examples, you know, do help us learn about about this virus and. You know, and even the fact that there was an autopsy done is is critical because in a lot of these deaths, we haven't had many autopsies yet. Um, and partly that's just because places where people die, you know, the health systems are overwhelmed. They just don't have time. But the other issue is that it's a safety thing. Um, when people die with COVID-19, it raises this question of do you want to put the medical examiner and other folks at risk of potentially being infected you know, by conducting an autopsy, if you don't need that, if it's not, it's not a necessary procedure, right? So having this sort of autopsy data where we actually find the virus in this woman's heart, where we find it in other organs in her body, you know, it does inform a lot about what we're learning about what this, this, this virus does. Um, there hasn't been, you know, we're still not sure why, why people suffer, um, you know, heart damage and even, you know, brain damage and damage to their kidneys. Um, it, you know, the thinking has been that it could be the virus itself. It could be the immune response. Um, you know, people who are very, very ill often suffer organ damage just because, you know, the body kind of breaks down and that's just what happens. Um, but having this evidence that the virus was actually in her heart, um, I think is really, it's it's valuable to to the researchers, the people studying this, to have a sense of what is actually going on, that this is maybe more than just an immune response. So I know nothing about biology besides what I took in <laughs> high school. So I when when um when you when you mentioned it, it was in her heart, my thought was like, well, wasn't it in her whole body? Why why is it, it do viruses not usually go to organs? Why is that an important detail? Uh no, I think that's that's a really good I mean, that's a really good smart question and and no, I mean viruses don't necessarily um go, you know, in, infect every every part of the body. I mean, each virus is sort of different. Um, and I could go, you know, real deep into this in you. But one one of the things they found with the coronavirus is it actually infiltrates cells through this particular protein, um, which is called ACE2, which many people may know as being part of kind of controlling blood pressure. So it's actually but this, but this protein is only found in certain cells in the body, and they're in the heart, and they're in the lungs. Uh, they're actually in the test in the intestines, and so because the virus, that's like its sort of key, like that's that's the door that it uses to to enter into cells. Um, it's drawn to, kind of attracted to this ACE two. 
um, that's that's the parts of the body where we're seeing the virus infiltrate um, as places that have this this ACE2 protein. Um, and so, no, you won't. There are places where we won't necessarily see it um, in the body. They're not apparently finding it like in the lymph nodes, for example. Um, and it's often not just sort of free floating in the bloodstream. I mean, it can at some point, but that's not that's not typically what we're seeing. I want to ask you about what that means for possible treatments. But first, let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Erin, before we went to break, you were talking about how it's not necessarily this virus being found in every organ of the body, but we do know know a few that seem to be disproportionately affected. Um, You've mentioned kidneys. Uh, Last week and the week before, it seemed like the big stressor was talking about how people, how hospitals were running out of dialysis machines to treat this. Do we have any idea of why it's attacking the kidneys or how it attacks it? Well, the truth is we don't know that it is attacking the kidneys. Um, It could just be kidneys are, are sort of one of the most vulnerable organs when people are seriously ill. So it could just be, you know, these are very sick people um, and that just being sick, just being that ill, you know, having your oxygen levels drop, having this immune response, um, it just, the kidneys are going to be among the first organs to be damaged. Um, And it may just be that that's what's going on, that these people are so seriously ill that they need dialysis. Now there is thinking that we're seeing enough of this, this kidney damage that the virus itself is doing something in there. But again, I think we just don't we don't really know that yet for sure what exactly is is causing this damage. But it is certainly something that's by now it's been identified as as a problem. And and is that the same answer you're going to give me if I ask you about the brains or the heart yep. too? Yeah. I mean they don't <laughs> I mean people just Well just Check off all the kidney. All well, the I think organs. people, you know, just keep <laughs> needing to be all. reminded that I, people want answers. But man, this thing is, I mean, this virus has only been discovered in humans for, you know, we're coming on four months now. Um, and science takes a long time, you know, and and most of our scientists and doctors are on the front lines sort of just trying to save lives. And so they're not being able to take the time to really think this through you know, the mechanism that's at play. They're just like, okay, it looks like, you know, kidney damage, let's get them on dialysis. They're not, you know, they can't take the time to, to sort of do that level of research that's needed to figure out exactly what's going on there. Um, interestingly enough, I think in the Bay Area, because we've had fewer cases, we haven't had this surge, some of our doctors, you know, have told me that they're they're able to do some of that more thoughtful work now and really kind of take the time to process this because they're not overwhelmed. They can sort of you know, take their time with these cases, really study them much closer. But I also will come back to the same thing I said about the autopsy in terms of the relative risk to the people doing these procedures. Is I'm told there are a lot of procedures that aren't being done at this point because of the potential risk to healthcare providers by doing them. So unless something is deemed necessary for caring for a patient, you know, they're not necessarily going to do biopsies or, you know, some other types of of scanning procedures, if that means bringing in, you know, some expert who doesn't need to be there and potentially exposing them to the virus or or using up, you know, valuable PPE, you know, protective equipment supplies to just to get answers that they don't necessarily need at this stage. 
since we know that the virus is found in the heart, in the intestine, and these places because of this autopsy and some other studies, does that does that get us closer to more um, effective treatments? Is that a possible outcome of knowing how it may attack? Yeah, for sure. Um, it would it would help us with treatment. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, and this is, you know, this gets very technical, but the fact that it can enter, that it does enter through these ACE2 proteins, that gives us one target. There are a lot of people looking at, is there some way that we can keep the virus from being, you know, drawn to those proteins, do something to kind of turn off those proteins? Is there some way that we can, like, get in the body to prevent the virus from actually being able to get inside organs to begin with? That would be helpful. Um, but yeah, all of this stuff tells us, you know, gives us hints as to how this virus works. And each each of those hints sort of gives us an opportunity to think, well, is this a, this, is this a place where we can stop it? Um, and it also tells us, you know, for example, if it, if it is getting into the brain, that's a problem because our drugs aren't really good at getting into the brain because there's this, it gets real complicated, but there's a blood-brain barrier and it's really hard for us to have treatments that get into the brain. And so, if we find out that the virus is getting in there, that is going to sort of complicate matters for us. So, I mean, you know, there's it definitely all of this feeds into kind of long term looking at what treatments we need, what might be some sort of avenues for fighting this thing off that that we hadn't thought of before. Does this it seems to me that the way we've talked about the coronavirus is that it's this, you know, it's this Thing that it's brand new. We don't have any defense against it. And the more we learn about it, it seems to me, just in a very amateur scientist sort of way, that it has a lot more in common with with HIV in insofar as there are so many different ways that it can manifest in your body. Um, it, it seems it seems I, I maybe it's just because it's the Bay Area and we've drawn this conclusion, but are all viruses like this? It seems very complicated into as to what it can do to you. Uh, I think I think it's a really good question. I I probably can't comment on how all viruses like if this is how unusual this is. Um, as far as how viruses infiltrate, I think that, you know, they're each kind of different and special in their own way. Um, I will say that certainly a lot of people are making those HIV comparisons. Um, but I, but I think you might be right in that the people I'm talking to are making those comparisons because it's the Bay Area. We have a lot of HIV researchers here, frankly, who are now shifting to COVID. So it's only natural that they would be drawing those comparisons. Um, you know, I don't think that this virus behaves really anything like um, HIV in a, in a lot of respects. Um, but, you know, certainly what we're seeing, you know, early on in terms of its effect on, you know, multiple organs, that's, you know, that's not like influenza. Um, that is a, that is a very special and different thing. Um, and so that's something that, that seems to separate at least from some of the more common respiratory viruses. But I would also add that, again, this is all so new. And a lot of the folks I talk to say we may end up finding down that this is just, you know, it's an immune response. Um, these are just very sick people. And this is what happens. It's not that this virus is doing anything remarkable here. So I think, you know, there's there's so much that we still have yet to learn about this. Um, so, yeah, early days, I think it's fair to say that this is this virus is behaving in a remarkable way that is is surprising a lot of people. Um, but there's just so much that that we have to figure out about it. 
I, I think that's how we should end every podcast we do. Together, I think that's Aaron. how we do end every podcast. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Thank you for, for being on again. Thanks, Audrey. Thank you to Aaron Alday for being with me today. Thank you to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.